Good evening, Vancouver. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark, the final show before the trade deadline. But I mean, at this rate, we might not have anything happen on trade deadline day, seemingly. But as always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? Parker, the music sounds so much better when I have my big fat headphones on. You know, I usually <laughs> got my, my AirPods. I forgot them at yeah. work and I can hear my voice echoing throughout my, so I will make it work. Parker, I am fine. Yes, we will not have a shortage of topics to talk about, but I'm doing well. I'm, I'm rested. I'm looking forward to this show. I'm looking forward to this week, uh, but you're right. Maybe the Canucks have done all their damage yet, except for maybe a Luke Shen trade, which I know we'll get into, but um, I'm doing well. Thank you. And you. Fine, sir. I'm doing good. But yeah, you look at the title of, of this video and there's just five names in there, two of which are shoes that have dropped at this point. Um, and I actually, I changed the title. Never mind. Yeah. Um, but I hear but what you're saying. It, it was before just a bunch of names. And, and basically, that's that's where we're at, right? Like there's so many opportunities, options for the Canucks to, to make some move, especially with some of these moves that they've made already. And it shows some, you know, some initiative on their side right um so we've we're gonna spend the next hour basically talking vitaly kravtsov uh the trade for forget his name already is bloom josh bloom josh Josh bloom Bloom. yeah i don't remember john or josh (laughs) this Uh, sounds like an actor like i I think of orlando (laughs) potentially okay um and then we have uh yeah all the rumors about luke shen etc jt miller barely demko besser Blah, 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 blah. Then there were some other big trades around the league as well this last week. Timo Meyer, um, Tanner Janot somehow, uh, Jake McCabe, etc. So we've got a lot to talk about. Um, and there were some Canucks games that they've got points in, which isn't great. But we will get to that as well. Should we just dive uh, right in? Yeah, they completely shot down our, our predictions. Yeah, the tank, the tank struggled, especially tonight. But... At least it struggled in a bit of a fun way with that uh, that Kuzmenko finish. But yeah, I know we normally start with the games, but the games I don't think are that crucial right no, now. They're not. So if we're planning on spending a bit of time, then we can push them, or we can just quickly run through them right now. Yeah, I think. Um, w- Let's say this: you predicted one and three. Right, I predicted one, two, and one, and the Canucks actually went two, one, and one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they really only pulled what is that? An extra, I guess, an extra two points over your prediction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which isn't which isn't great, right? It moves them up the standings a little bit. Um, technically, they didn't they didn't leapfrog anybody, but no. it moves the Sharks to only five points back. Uh, they're only one point back of the Habs right now. Yeah, they've kind of separated themselves from that bottom five now, just by a couple points. Like yeah, points they've here. sort of solidified yeah. themselves in the, in the next tier, which is in the great, next year <laughs> uh, because it's not a, it's not like it's good hockey teams, but yeah, um, yeah, four hockey games for the Canucks over the past week, uh, a five four shootout loss to the Preds, yep. a which did anything of significance happen in that game? Uh, no, just the fact that we tied it up near the very tied end. it late. And then uh, same story uh, two nights later against the Blues, a 3-2 OT win. Um, And then the Canucks uh, had Boston in town where we had the wonderful Linus Linus Allmark goal, (laughs) which was, I mean, awesome, right? Yeah. Like the only downside is it happened to Vancouver, but if the Canucks were like trying to be good right now, then I'd be mad about it. That's sick. Sweet. Uh, you know, love a goalie goal. It was a, it was perfectly done too. Like just oh. so high, just perfect arc. Yeah. Um, and then there was tonight's game, which is the yeah. first Canucks game I've actually watched all of in a, in a while. Oh. Um, and it What'd was. You think? A, I mean, it was a, the Canucks got really outplayed, and Demko played decent, and Jake Ottinger played really bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's that's what it really was. And then um, you have you know Kuzmenko being Kuzmenko finishing it off and yeah. that review was hilarious um, yeah. so long of a review that they got to play an entire song which was like a four minute song yeah and then they panicked and they played Freebird after which is like an eight minute song to really give themselves some leeway uh, <laughs> and then they did end up calling it a goal after all that time so a real waste of everyone's time um, but the Canucks did get a win 
and they're up to 53 points on the season. Yeah, Kuzmenko gets three points, Bovillier gets three points, and Quinn Hughes quietly three points, three assists. Now his 16th multi-point game of the year, and they said on the, the broadcast that ties a couple of older Canucks defensemen. So, of course, with 22 games uh, left, Quinn is going to shatter that. But, no, I do think today is about Thatcher Demko. So that's the one thing I think we should spend a couple minutes talking about uh, from the game. And I, I thought he was okay for a first game back. Um, he was certainly faced a lot of shots. I didn't like the way he was backing up because Ben's not the fastest skater, so I don't know. He was kind of backing up too quick on that first goal. And I didn't like the one... Um, that went through his leg. I, I think the third goal, but the second one, no chance. Fourth one off of Besser. So I thought, I thought overall, and he just, I don't know the team. I don't know how the players feel. I know Parker watching it. I feel way more confident. He just looks bigger. He looks like he knows how to play. I love C loves. He's going to be good. Martin Delia. We've talked about their struggles, but it, it just feels right. Seeing Demko back there. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. What you have to keep in mind. Um, yeah. and Demko was good. Uh, Silovs is the best goalie on the Canucks by save percentage this year. Uh, I believe it, <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, Demko, you know, you look at the, the raw stats, right? Four goals against on 38 shots, not terrible, but nothing fantastic. Yeah. Um, until you go and you look at the analytics, right? Um, at five on five, uh, it was 71% expected goals in the favor of Dallas. But you mm. go to all situations. Uh, Dallas was projected or, or, or high. Let's let's start with high danger chances. 25 yep. for Dallas, eight for Vancouver. Um, expected goals, five for Dallas. Demko allowed four. So technically, Demko was an above expected, above average goaltender tonight. Uh, and the Canucks are only expected to get two goals. So, and they got five. Mm. So Ottinger was bad. Um, but yeah, d- having Demko back, um, you know, obviously he's been shaky. He hasn't, I think he's a, he's a starting, what is it? Three months now, effectively. Yeah. December 1st. You December got December 1st. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, to see him come in, uh, really got the full test, uh, night one, but, uh, pulled it out, which obviously is not what I wanted, but <laughs> he pulled it out. And Parker, if I was to tell you that we just beat a playoff team with a defense that included Julson, Wolanin, Burroughs, and Breezeball. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, well, they did allow five expected goals with that defense, right? That's true, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it was really, you know, the Cucks scored a bunch of goals. That was That was the reason they won that game. And that was, you know, you get rid of a bunch of guys, you have a bunch of guys injured, that's where you're going to be. And it, the, the Canucks winning this game was a fluke, right? Like they're going to lose. If they keep playing like this, they're going to lose a lot more games. Problem mm-hmm. is Thatcher Demko gives them the chance to win some of these games as well. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And then uh, you look at um, the walking wounded. You had JT Miller to a list that has like what, eight or nine guys on it now on injured reserve. Some of those long-term. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was joking. Even when Demko before Demko was taken off of injured reserve so he could play today, you could have had like a, um, a starting lineup of Miller, Mikheyev, Pearson, OEL, Bear, and Demko as your injured reserve starting lineup. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Uh, I've never seen the list this long on Cap Friendly, I don't think. Totally. Um, but you totally. go there and you see, so on LTI, there's yeah. the obvious ones, right? Mikheyev, Furland, Tanner Pearson, Tucker Pullman. But yeah, on regular old IR, you now have Curtis Lazar, Travis Dermott, Ethan Bear, Oliver Rickman Larson, JT Miller is now quote week to week. Um, <laughs> you know, OEL's week to week. It's uh the Canucks are missing a lot of players. Yeah. Did you see the fur on Twitter last night when I guess it got word that Miller did not travel with the team? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that was really from uh, Shana on Twitter. Um, yeah, Shana Goldman. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, she's she's quite connected. And, and she says one move, one name emerging as a potential deadline move over the last day or so is JT Miller. And that was at 943 p.m. Pacific last <laughs> night. So one o'clock on the East Coast, 10 o'clock here, just mm-hmm. keeping keeping us up all night effectively. Um mm-hmm. And that has sort of shifted because within 12 hours, then it was, oh, Miller 
isn't with like is actually not playing and he's like oh well he's actually hurt week to week like it just it all turned around so quickly um but i it's at this point it, it, he can't really be traded right exactly if anyone was holding out hopes for that to happen yeah how how do you trade a guy who's already on the on the books for eight million dollars for seven years starting next year with a no movement clause and oh by the way we're not sure um we're not sure how much we can tell you about his injury right now <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the trade deadline is what, I mean, as of right now, four days away, but yeah. it's less than that. Cause it's, it's what, is it noon Pacific art on, on it Friday? Is. It so, is. you know, you're running out of hours to, uh, yeah. to make moves. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Should we talk about the, you want to talk about the, yeah, we, I guess before we talk about the moves that could happen, we should talk about the moves that did happen. Make sense for sure. Yeah. And it all starts on February 25th, Saturday. Mm. Uh, at least Canucks related. Um, and this one came out of kind of nowhere. Like there had been talk around Kravtsov from the Rangers. Uh, he had been sort of in and out of the lineup lately. Um, seemingly was frustrated with the Rangers um, deployment of him. Uh, and apparently the ask as per um, uh a bunch of people really was that Hoaglander was the original ask for Kravtsov. Right. Um, Canucks said, no, that's bad. And if the Canucks had gone and traded Hoaglander for Kravtsov, I think we would be pretty not stoked on that move. Right. I think we'd be a bit on the negative side. Like, like, you know, Hoaglander's shown some flashes. Maybe, you know, you're, you're kind of selling Hoaglander at the bottom of his value. Although Kravtsov's also at the bottom of his, of his value as well. Right. Canucks basically say no for a while. And then eventually, somehow, the Rangers need to get rid of Kravtsov for the cap space. And it turns out to just be Will Lockwood and a seventh round pick in 2026. So, yes, let's start. Let's just take that 2026 seventh round pick and just (laughs) remove it. Like that is the lowest value asset that is technically positive value that you could have. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and then for that, Will Lockwood, third round pick a while ago. Was it 2018, 2016 draft? 2018 draft. 2016 draft. Uh, earlier, 16. You got it. So yep. like, like Will Lockwood has been this guy of like, oh, you know, he's going to, he's like a grinder that might end up being like a bottom six guy. We're running out of time there, right? 24 yeah. years old, will be 25 at the start of next season, has played 28 NHL games with a single point and is, uh, you know, under a point per game, like 0.75 points per game in the AHL. Um, so you see this trade pop up on, on Saturday um, mm-hmm. at noon. Yep. Your reaction right off the bat. First reaction was, yes, kind of what you outlined, that um, uh, for what we were sending, fine. Um, I like Lockwood, never really panned out, and I, I, there's so many guys like that in this organization that you, you just don't know how they're going to do. And... Uh, 20 yeah the seventh round draft pick basically immaterial and you know i know about kratsov because in my fantasy pool parker um i i don't know anything about prospects you know that so imagine me sitting with eight other guys and i have to pick four guys from that year's draft that just happened <laughs> so i don't know so uh that year I, I was lucky to get quinn hughes who was picked two picks ahead of kratsov in the first round and then i took this guy and uh, five years later, I have to decide if I'm going to keep him or drop him. I'll likely drop him. I don't think he's going to do like a lot next season. But having said all that, I at least knew I had followed him in the Rangers, re- recognized that he wasn't doing much. But at the time, he was a big, skilled forward. And um, so I like it. it. Whether you call it reclamation, low risk, high reward, uh, whatever you call it, I do like it for the Canucks. I, I think it shows that some, some good foresight from the management. And the other thing I was going to say is I heard him I watched his media availability today. Guys lacking confidence. It has nothing to do with his his English or non-English. Simply, he admits that he's got to find his game right now. And uh, maybe this is the team for him to do it. Yeah, it's um, you said reclamation project and you said uh, low risk, high reward. Yeah, it's really both. Right. And it's it's one of those things where the management group had said like that was sort of even months ago they said that was their their target right like guys who maybe haven't succeeded much on their original team that had a high pedigree that we might be able to turn around and get something out of he checks all those boxes ninth overall pick just five years ago um has you know 
played a lot of, of pro level hockey, right? We're talking multiple seasons in the KHL, uh, a sprinkling of NHL time here um, as well. And there's also like the Russian factor of like, will he won't he just go back to the KHL after this season? Because that was sort of a threat levied against the Rangers and they wanted to get something from him uh, or for him. So at that point, if you are a team like the Canucks, like there's there's really no downside. You got younger, Will yep. Lockwood for for Kravtsov, higher pedigree, higher NHL production in the, in the amount of time they have played, more pro level play. Like, like literally every single box is just an upgrade. <laughs> so, you know, it's and you know, no cap hit effectively, yep. right? He's an RFA, will not be getting like, he's not going to be getting $3 million a year. He might yeah. be getting one, right? Because he hasn't played mm-hmm. NHL time, um, you know, gets the one game in tonight with the Canucks. I'm not sure how much ice time he got. Um, eight, eight, eight minutes. Eight minutes. So effectively yeah. none, right? But <laughs> again, you just, you just arrived with a new team. Your, your coach knows nothing about you. And it was a tight game, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, very, uh, very interesting. Did you notice him at all tonight, Parker? I know you said you watched the game. I there was that just, tip that he just, just yeah. yeah, that was it. The mm-hmm. the tip and OT that that almost went, um, and that yeah. was about it. But yeah. again, it's hard to notice a guy in, in eight fifty three of ice time. Yeah, um, but did get a shift on the power play, uh, which mm-hmm. which I like the idea of you know, take him for a spin, see what see what he can do. Also, two hits, right? I mean, it's not yeah. big, but it shows that he was trying maybe to uh, to impose himself a little bit out there. Yeah. By the way, speaking of ice time, Parker, 4.22 for Aturatu. And I, I get it. I get the Canucks took like four straight penalties in the second period, so it was very hard to establish a flow. And if you're not a penalty killer, fine. If, if you're not the next man up after a penalty, fine. So that's maybe that's why or maybe he's still earning the, the, the coach's trust, even though he had that pretty sweet feed to put Colson for his goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is interesting. Um, and, and, I mean, he's really up here just because why not? And yeah. um, <laughs> And they need bodies at this point. So, yeah, it's uh, 422. You're not you're not doing anyone any favors. Um, You know, the point is nice. Um, You know, two points, uh, I guess now. Right. Does he have did he get? No, I didn't get a point of previous game. That was that one. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, I don't know. It's I, I don't like to see that at that point. Just put someone else in. But yeah. No, true. But his point per minute ratio is very strong. Excellent. <laughs> so, okay. So we both like the Kravstorff deal. What What are the people in this chat saying? Like, oh, what did the What did the polls say? Like, yeah. I, so I, I put would... a poll to to grade the Kravstorff deal. I just said yeah. A, B, C, or D. We have seventy one percent saying A. Wow. Uh, and it's it's hard to argue that because there's literally no downside, unless. Yeah. The, unless we come back to it in 2031 and the Rangers have drafted an excellent player with that 2026 seventh or William Lockwood ends up being a 30 goal scorer. Yeah. Neither of which yeah. is ever going to happen. So not too worried. You know, not too worried. It's yeah. all upside. Probably not a ton of upside, but it's yeah. when you are as bad as the Canucks are, you just need to have a bunch of small wins to build up to things. Yes. Which you can throw all away in one bad move. You can counteract right. it all, or you can just keep doing these small incremental upgrades forever, and then you have a better team. Yeah. And I guess you look at the Rangers side too. They um, obviously are trying to clear a cap space. They're putting guys on waivers. They're moving minor guys. They can put Lockwood in the in the minor so it doesn't count. So, uh, yeah, um, we'll, we'll see what happens with this one. I guess there isn't the rumors they're trying to go after Patrick Kane. Is that, is that still the case? Yeah, well, yeah. Patrick Kane said he'll only go to the Rangers effectively oh. as a full no move. Um, the Rangers now technically have the cap space, barely, to do a double retained trade for Patrick Kane if they weren't oh. getting rid of anyone on their roster. Um, it obviously has come out as well from about a week ago um, that the Canucks are willing to do what the Wild have been doing. Uh, yeah. retain slash acquire money to gain draft picks. Um, we sort of seen the rate is around a fourth round pick for a reasonable amount of money. Um, part of that was also what my, one of my first reactions to that, that Kravtsov trade, which I mentioned in my video on it, that maybe this is also part of that, right? Maybe they have said, okay. And, and then when 
that we do Patrick Kane, you're also going to take 25% and maybe we'll throw in like a sixth. Right. And maybe that's, right. that's why it was such an obvious, um, seemingly one way move. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's, that's to be seen. Minnesota's done that twice, right? They've become the third party broker for two trades already. Yes. Which means they can't do it anymore. Um, oh, I, I didn't only, know that. You only can retain two salaries at once. Oh, um, yes. So the Canucks are, are, are the Canucks have one at Bo Horvat. Yeah. Um, so they could do that one more time as well. Okay. Gotcha. No, thank you for that. That's good to know. That's good to know. Okay. So do you give, I gave, I actually voted in that poll. So I, I gave it an A you. Yep. Yeah. It's, it, it's just too free. It's just yeah. a free asset effectively. One person um, gave it a C cause uh, you only 40 votes. So 2% means it's 8. a misclick or misclick or a hater. It's one of the two. <laughs> Uh, I get those all the time. We, so <laughs> that's what we call an outlier in, uh, in statistics. Love it. Love it. Love um, it. Love it. <laughs> and then trade number two. Oh yeah. I made a good banner for this one. You ready? Sure. Booyah. Yeah. This one, <laughs> another one that, cause when I saw that Kravsoft deal, cause I, I have a group chat with some friends that are Canucks fans as well. And yep. they just said, Canucks, like one of them just said, like Canucks got Kravtsov. I'm like, oh no, what did we give up? And then one of my other friends jokingly put in, they gave up a first, and I panicked. And it, it wasn't that; it was Lockwood. Yes. Uh, yes. And then, you know, so that was a great feeling. And then this one comes in where someone's like, oh, they traded Stillman, and I'm like, oh, what they have to conclude? Um, no, the Vancouver Canucks got an asset for Riley Stillman. Yep. A one of the like the continuous just like worst defenseman on the team effectively right we have always rallied for kyle burrows to be in instead of riley stillman or christian will line in at some points over <laughs> riley stillman and the buffalo sabers said that's the guy we want not luke shen <laughs> you know a, a, an actual guy like leadership that'll that'll make a big impact on the team uh or at least somewhat of an impact on the team i guess they want to stay young but yeah riley stillman million this year and next. That's the key. Um, And uh, for Josh Bloom, um, who I, let's, you know, what, what do you know? Let's see. Let's see your knowledge here. Not a lot, to be honest. Again, as I've said many times on the show, I know nothing about prospects. Um, I did see Cam Robertson's uh, tweet and he was very high on him. Very, Hmm. very high on him saying a good size, good skater can do a good penalty kill. Um, and, uh, I just know that he got drafted in the third round in the nineties and, um, he's a point per game player in the OHL, which is, which is good, obviously. Yeah. That's all, that's um, all I know. <laughs> no. And that's, that's fair though. Right. Cause I mean, it's a name that I hadn't heard before. Yeah. Um, but he was part of that, uh, that COVID draft, right. Um, oh, because he was, a, he was drafted third round, end of the third round in 2021. Yeah. Um, which so they the OHL didn't play 2020, 2021. So mm. they all they had to go off of was a 2019, 20 season when they drafted him, where he had 14 points in 54 games. Gotcha. And then la- last year he comes out and puts up 61 points in 67 games. So a big step up. Uh, and his strength really seems to be his skating, uh, which is yeah. nice because that usually is something that you can, you know, convert into something. Um, and then this last year he hasn't really increased production um from 61 points in 67 this year he has um 58 points in 59 games so technically better point per game yeah. um and 26 goals um compared to the 30 of last year but in a few fewer games so basically same goal pace um yeah it's uh again it, it's he's 19 years old he turns 20 this off season so yeah. still super young left winger um and again, it's one of those things where, like, how do you not sort of like this deal, right? You are getting yeah. rid of Riley Stillman, and and you can go sunk cost fallacy on the Dickens trade, uh, Dickinson trade, if you want. But you know, this one on its own is sort of a, a freebie, right? It's a yeah. it's a prospect, like a middling prospect, you know, a, a low B level prospect for your worst defenseman effectively that you're not going to be doing any, you're probably not re-signing him after next year. Right. For sure. So getting yeah. an asset out of it is, uh, is excellent. Yeah. yeah. And I just found, uh, I'll put it up real quick. I just found 
Cam Robinson's tweet. So here, quick thoughts on Josh Bloom now of Vancouver. Plus rated skater. He moves very well with a, for a bigger guy. Strong release, decent hands, good size, gets to the net, has improved his game substantially the last two seasons. I like it. And then later he says, I'll add, he's also a very capable penalty killer. There's a versatile forward with a realistic NHL upside. Sure makes that second rounder they attached to Dickinson to get Stillman a little less painful to swallow. So if Cam Robinson likes it, Parker, then I like it. Yeah, it's um, you're, you've gotten really good with the with the screen sharing too. You're, I'm, you're I'm learning. You're getting better. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, it only took uh, took me two years. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's again just seemingly a slam dunk. Now, what was the number on the last one? Seventy one percent, and yeah. and it was seventy one percent, and I called it a slam dunk because there was really no downside to it other than losing Will Lockwood, who mm. isn't going to do much most likely. Mm-hmm. This one is at 86% so far. Um, only half what? the votes because I just I put it up late. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people didn't like Riley Stillman uh, clearly very much. Um, yeah, and, and I know we both did videos on it today. I, I watched your, yours was good. Remind everyone what we gave up to get Riley Stillman and tell me if this makes it better, worse, or neutral for you. Yeah, so it was Dickinson and a 2024 second. Yeah. Um, and really, but at the time, we we even sort of said, like, and even in my video on it, I said, um, you paid a 2024 second round pick to yeah. dump the $3.15 million of Dickinson's salary. Yeah. And then the Blackhawks threw in Riley Stillman, who doesn't have a lot of value at that time anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, this is also a time when it was October 7th. Like, the Canucks were ramping up for, to be a playoff team this year. Right. <laughs> that, that money mattered that, that yeah. $2 million basically of salary difference mattered to this team. Um, in hindsight, it didn't, but at the time Cox needed defenseman. They didn't need Jason Dickinson cause he was not good last year. Uh, and they made that move, but now it is Dickinson and a second, uh, for a painful year of Riley Stillman. And now Josh Bloom, and it's a little more palatable, right? Like this yeah. one was an upgrade. Uh, I don't like combining them together because they are different deals. Yes. Uh, and it makes this one feel worse if you combine right. the previous one. So I'd like to keep this one on its own. It's funny you mentioned that because did you see uh, Jeff Patterson's uh, tweet? He basically made the same point in different way. He, he in essence saying it was that it was the, it was Dickinson for, and and moving off of Stillman's contract for Josh Bloom. And then a couple people said, oh, you forgot about the second, but he goes, well, that was the, technically yes, but that was the cost of doing that Dickinson deal as, as you so rightly put. Regardless, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Dickinson wasn't gonna play well here for whatever reason. And now we've gotten rid of, yeah, I feel bad. And, and I love, I was watching your videos. You always, when you're, when you're about to say something bad about a player, you always say, nothing personal against Riley Stillman. <laughs> Nothing yeah. personal, but it's true. It's true. There's nothing personal, but from a pure hockey standpoint, that guy is not worth $1.35 million. <laughs> no. And, yeah. and the thing is like, I'm sure he's a great guy. Apparently he was Bo Horvat's NHLPA deputy uh, for the Canucks. So the Canucks uh-huh. now do not have a union rep. Um, so maybe, maybe this has been, I saw a, a funny tweet where someone was like, oh, it seems like the Canucks are just union busting <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and and I, I was like, I was like, oh, maybe we should make Miller the, <laughs> the next guy um yeah it's uh yeah because because what if what if riley stillman watches my video <laughs> like, wow what a jerk this guy is but that's awesome like in reality like is riley stillman a better hockey player than i will better ever be by a billion miles absolutely of course yes um but that's not my that's not my job right my job is <laughs> it's not my job but what i like to do is talk about how this hockey team can be as good as possible yeah. and rally Stillman not being on the roster makes the roster better most of the time. So yep. That's it. I agree. I agree with you. That's well said. That's well said for sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm going to send Riley Stillman this video actually just so, or your, your other video from today, just so I think I'll get just you in block you. <laughs> that's just be mean because <laughs> he knows it's not going to be positive in, in his eyes. That is true. That is true. So, in, in basically, you, you can look at the Horvat trade as well, but it doesn't fall in the same category, obviously. But in these two trades, the uh, Alvina Rutherford have done actually a pretty good job of identifying players that they don't think have a future with the Canucks. And instead of sitting on them 
and in all seriousness, not extending them. We're not going to be that facetious, but yeah, uh, cutting bait pretty early, pretty early. And I, and I like that. I yeah. really do. Me too. Um, I saw another comment online where someone's like, maybe this is the Rutherford versus Alvin difference, right? Now that Rutherford's oh. sort of taken a step back, that these it's sort of a different style of move seeming to happen. Right. Don't know if there's anything to that. Obviously, we have no way to tell. Um, but I did think that was interesting. And what really was interesting about both of these deals to me, and especially yeah. the Stillman one, yeah, is how out of left field it was. Yes. There was no insider preamble to uh, no smoke shopping yep. Riley Stillman, yep. right? Uh, Canucks are yep. talking with Buffalo about stuff, yep. which makes me think that really anything is still in the cards that we haven't heard rumor, right? There's obviously the there's the Shen rumors, Besser's name and Demko's name floating around. Garland has been said sort of to be on the outside of any trade talks. But at this mm-hmm. point, who knows, right? Maybe there is something else going on that that we haven't heard some other names at play that it's not public that they're at play like Riley Stillman. Um, it's, uh, it's exciting. It, it adds a little bit of mystery to, uh, to the next few days. Good point. We did not see the tweet Riley Stillman and Will Lockwood are being sat for trade related reasons. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah, Riley Stillman gets sat for trade related reasons. Someone's like, well, you don't have to sit someone if you're going to be packaging them with a pick. Right oh well who knows yeah no i hear you okay so so far three trades then horvat for bovillier and these two we just dissected now um so far are you liking what's happening yeah no this is a good start it's uh it's the right it's the right step and again they're both very minor one Mm -hmm. big bad move outdoes them both by a mile um however you keep doing a bunch of these good moves, like I said, something something good can happen. Yeah. So let's trade. Uh, let's trade. Yeah, let's trade. Let's uh, turn our, our focus to the one player who's we've been talking about for the past two months. One player who has not dressed for the last four Canucks games. What do you think is happening with Luke Shen? Are they simply waiting for a deal? Are other teams hemming and hawing? What, what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, from everything we've heard, the Canucks want a second round pick for Luke Shen. And okay. teams are offering thirds. It ah. seeming seems to be what most people have have gleaned from this. Um, you have to imagine that the Canucks are basically saying, "Look, it's a second round pick. Whoever comes to us with a second round pick first gets him, and then if no one, if everybody holds strong and <laughs> no one comes forward with a second round pick, then maybe on deadline day they take a third. Right? right? That would right. be my sort of assumption." Because yep. if it was only one guy and there's only one team like going for him, then then they have more leverage. But if there's four teams that might want Luke Shen and it's just the first one to flinch gets gets him, right? Then then maybe the Canucks have have a chance of getting, you know, a late second round pick for Luke Shen. Yeah. And you slowly see um teams coming off the board. Maybe Toronto's not interested now because they made their move. Um Boston made a couple moves. So um is it is it still Tampa? Perhaps I know that Elliot Freeman mentioned Tampa. I don't know who else might be interested. Uh, he also mentioned Edmonton, Calgary. I always think it's weird trading within your division, but it's not like mm-hmm. it hasn't happened before. So, yeah, this one's interesting, and we know that his wife's expecting around this week. So, a um, lot a lot of factors for sure. Yeah, Calgary seems weird to me because they're yeah. not in the playoffs. Uh, right, 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 right. right. <laughs> four points out, um, and Seattle's a game in hand. But yeah, that one is that one is interesting to me. Um, you know. Toronto made that Jake McCabe move earlier yeah. today. Um, but after that McCabe slash Lafferty move, there is now a lot of smoke, seemingly smoke around Alex Kerfoot um, because yeah. he does not have a spot really in the Leafs lineup, right? They have so much forward depth. They're, they're such a strong team um, that they basically have, you know, lots of people have him as basically the sw- like, tied as the fourth line winger with like Zach Aston Reese, for example, Mm -hmm. and going into the playoffs, people are thinking, well, that kind of leaves Kerfoot as the odd man out, right? Kerfoot makes three and a half million dollars on the cap till the end of this year, UFA after this year. Oh, so if they are wanting to maybe add one more piece or, you know, do something, become more cap compliant, because I think 
as it stands right now, if I read correctly, and I might be wrong, but the Leafs would only be cap compliant till the playoffs if Matt Murray stays on IR for most of the rest of the season. Because he's right. on LTI right now. Um, right. If Matt Murray is healthy and they want to get him back in for some games before the playoffs, then they need they will need cap space to do so. Right. Which is why Kerfoot's name comes up, right? Because you don't want your four slash five fifth line guy making three and a half million dollars, right? You, you don't want yeah. Antoine Roussel. Um, you want to move that guy. So yeah. it wouldn't be the Canucks theoretically and based on the last three moves they've made, uh, I would have no reason to believe that they would be paying anything for Alex Kerfoot, right? That would be mm-hmm. a a pure taking on salary and receiving some sort of compensation in return. Yeah. Um, and and that would be exciting. That's a good breakdown of the Toronto situation. I think yeah, I saw a Cervelli tweet that says exactly that. If it's, And if it's not Ryan and Matt Murray, excuse me, then it's one of Kerfoot or Engvall or Justin Hall, who uh, I don't know if anyone would want. So, <laughs> yeah. So they've yeah. got to they've they've got to move one of those guys yes. to be cap compliant. Um, again, unless Murray doesn't play anymore the rest of the season. Right. Right. Um, right. But yeah, it, it just would make sense in my eyes, right? Like to if you're if you're gearing up, you know, if you're Kyle Dubas, what's the you know what what is it what is a a second round pick next year? What does that do for you? Yeah. Right. Nothing at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it seems like they'd be, um, you know, if the Canucks are willing to take that on and I'm sure Kerfoot would be, you know, some, I mean, you wouldn't want to get traded off a playoff team, but if you're going to get shipped off a playoff team for cap reasons and you're going to go somewhere, might as well be your hometown, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if that goes anywhere. Well, wow. So what you do, you, if you had to pick, if you had to gamble, if you had to put 10 bucks on it or a hundred bucks on it, is Shannon Vancouver Canuck, on Saturday, March the fourth, I would bet on no. I agree with you. I I think it's just too. I think it's too easy. It's too hard to mess up. Like you got to get something. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's you might as well just even if even if the best offer doesn't end up being a third, take mm-hmm. the third from the team you think is going to do the worst and 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 move on and go from there. Do you anticipate any other moves, Parker? Like I I know people would would f- fantasize or would love to see a Besser or Garland or, or something like that get moved. But do you actually see it happening? I don't know. The only things I really see happening are a Shen deal, mm-hmm. um, a third party money retention. I, I think the Canucks might do. And I think like that Kravtsov deal kind of hinted on that for Kane. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how that works with a no move clause. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> you have to wave to get to Vancouver and then, um, yeah, I could see them doing something like that and then maybe taking on a salary like like Kerfoot. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Demko's going anywhere. I Agreed. don't think Besser is going anywhere. Right. Like I would I'd 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 maybe put like a 30% on a Besser trade. Yeah. Just based on my lack of knowledge and I, I it doesn't seem like Garland's going to go anywhere. Uh, and I mean, who else are you trying to get rid of? Right. That like Miller's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just looking through the lineup. Like someone want Dakota Joshua maybe like, but I, I, I doubt it. Um, mm-hmm. unless, mm-hmm. unless they're, they're thinking he's like Tanner, you Um, and yeah, you kind of run out of names pretty quick. Like Kyle Burroughs isn't going to be in the top six of any, of any team. Right. Um, you, you kind of just run out of bodies. Yep. No, I'm, I'm with you. Tyler Myers likely not until he gets his fat bonus payment in the summer. So you're you're right. Actually, it's it's fun to say, oh, maybe two or three more trades. But when you actually look at the guys who are not injured, <laughs> it's slim pickings now. Yeah, I mean, you could try to flip Bavillier, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know if he has too much positive value, right? Four point five mil. I mean, he's outscoring Bo Horvat since the trade. Um, <laughs> nice, but. Um, you know, maybe you could take him and flip him back to someone else. Um, but I don't think many teams are paying that much for a winger right now. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's going to be basically it. Okay. Okay. So you're predicting a Shen trade, but maybe not much else. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's fair. Wow. All right. So that's Canucks talk. 
mm-hmm. but there's been a bunch of other stuff, obviously, yeah. right? They you know the trade deadline is just under four days away. Uh, the big one was obviously Timo Meyer, right? Yeah. Timo Meyer, who has, you know, fantastic hockey player. I always, I always confuses me how young he is. He, I feel like he's been around for so long. How old is he? Uh, I think he's 25. He's 26. He's wow. 26. Uh, he'll be 27 at the start of next season. So, so they're getting a, you know, they're getting a player. The, the Devils are getting an RFA, Timo Meyer, who they're going to have to pay a lot of money, but they're going to have him in their system for the next probably eight years, right? Um, point per game player last year, just under a point per game this year. He's already got 30 goals this year. No. Um, and it, this was a, it's just such a confused, like I can't even judge who did good in the trade just because there's so many pieces like the devils got Timo Meyer, Timur yep. Ibragamov, Scott Harrington, Santeri Hataka, Zachary Edmond, a 2024 fifth, 2024 seventh. That's the difference maker. Uh, right. The Sharks get a 2023 first, a 2024 second. Fabian Zetterland, Shakir Mukabadulin, Nikita Okotiuk, and Andreas Janssen. Like, my my gut is that the Devils win the trade because 2023 first is the only first involved, and, and Mohamedoulin, I think, was also a first. Mm. But, like, that seems pretty good for for New Jersey, but yeah, I don't know. That's what? that seems like like Holtz didn't go right. Yeah. He seemed like you know they they've got a bunch of the Devils have a bunch of prospects, right? Like Hugh, like Luke Hughes. Um, they have Nemec. They have yeah, <laughs> like they have, yeah, yeah. and none of those guys were involved. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I think the Devils did really, really good on that one. I agree with you. There's two things I'm gonna say. The first one you already know. Thank God you were pronouncing those names and not me. That was pretty good. Did you practice those, or was that a first nope. run? Wow, drawing for it. I might have been wrong <laughs> on all of them. I don't know. Well, at least you're not stuttering like I would have. And then the second one, I do. I agree with you, Parker. I think. Um, I think the Devils did well, considering that yeah they didn't have to attach any of their really good picks, and even that twenty one of them is a conditional where uh, the first rounder where um, if yeah one of them is conditional where if they make the playoffs in one of the next two years and Meyer plays in more than fifty percent of the games it becomes a uh, you know what it is it's the second rounder becomes a, a lottery protected first. So that's yeah, yeah. But still, so still, yeah. The the first, the twenty twenty three first, yeah, is top two protected. Okay. So if the New Jersey Devils somehow win the second spot in the draft lottery this year, <laughs> then it moves to next year. Okay. I think they'd have to lose out for that to happen. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. They'd have to be thirteenth or twelfth or worse. Yeah, to move up ten. But, right. Like that's not happening. Uh, and then the, the second round pick is also conditional. 2024 becomes a top 10 protected 2024. First, if New Jersey makes the Eastern conference final right. with Timo Meyer playing in more than 50% of the games, that's the one, uh, or if they make the Eastern conference final in 2024, regardless of Timo Meyer, like so many just extra conditions. And it's like, does that really like, were you not going to accept the trade if that condition wasn't in there? Like it's, <laughs> it's such like small little bits of value, but yeah. You know, it covers, I guess it's just meant to like cover the GMs, right? Like they don't yeah. want something crazy to happen and be like, wow, we, we lost everything because of that. Right. I know conditions are crazy. Like if I make it to the supermarket in less than three green lights or red light, yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then the, it, it confuses me, but you look at all that, that massive 13 player trade. And then, yeah, sure. The devils may have won the trade versus the sharks because they get the best player and they keep all their, their prize prospects. But then you did you see what Nashville got for for Tanner yeah. Janot? <laughs> this one blew me away. Um like genuine genuine shock. Um Tanner Janot, who yes. is twenty five years old. Yes. You know, he'll be twenty six at the start of next season. Um is uh, an RFA at the end of this season. Uh so he basically has no cap hit that has value. Mm-hmm. Um, had 41 points last season. Okay. Great. 25-year-old putting up 40 points. Great. Right. Good second-line guy. 130 pims on top of that, too. Wow. This year, in 56 games, he only has 14 points. Right. Right. 85 pims. Um, like, has really taken a step back. And Tampa Bay traded 
Cal Foot, who I don't think has much value at this point. Um, right. Just all name value, effectively. I mean, he's already, yeah. I think he's, yeah, he's 24, and he's mm-hmm. not playing meaningful minutes in Tampa. Um, a 2025 first-round pick that's top 10 protected. So the first-round pick doesn't come for two more years. But then also a 2024 second. And then for this year, they get a third, a fourth, and a fifth. So first five rounds of draft picks for Tanner Janot. Right. Now, here's the thing. The 2025 first, it's probably in the 20s, Yeah. right? Two years from now, Lightning are probably still good. Maybe not contender, but good. Second, third, fourth, and fifth, you might get one NHL player from that. Right. So in reality, is it that, like... If you're just on the lightning side, is it that bad? Like, oh, we got Tanner Juno, we gave up this. Maybe right. not. Right. But when you look at it from the pred side, like, wow, we only have to give up Tanner Juno and we get all of that. Like, how is the value that high? I can see how right. Tampa Bay comes out of this on the other side looking okay because those yep. draft picks don't pan out. But like with with draft pick values the way they are now, I don't understand how it took that many to get Tanner Juno. Yes, I, I I agree with you, and you're right. Even if these guys, if a third, fourth, fifth round pick, even if they don't amount to anything, it's still currency, and it's still currency when you're trying to get the edge over another team for a, a, a very marginal edge, but over an edge over another team when you're trying to make a deal, a draft day deal, a trade deadline deal. So, yeah, all these pieces count. Even uh, yeah, so. And it's not like they gave up like a Philip Forsberg or a Ryan Johansson. Or well, maybe they want to because of his money. But you see what I mean, right? That's five assets for a guy who, as you said, is, I don't know. So maybe Tampa, maybe he fits into what Tampa needs. Maybe they needed more of a uh, kind of a grinder type thing to fill at their bottom. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's the case. So, um, I, yeah, I actually haven't seen a lot of people that said that Tampa lost a deal horribly. Um, there's, there's some method to their madness. But you just look at it. When you see it listed as six assets to one, or whatever, yeah, yeah. It it just looks lopsided. Yeah, and, and yeah, you do. You know, you mentioned it being currency as well, right? Those draft picks might not pan out, but if yeah, yeah, let's say in the 2024-25 season, the Predators are a contender, mm-hmm. right? Potentially, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but let's say they're making a playoff push. Well, now they have that 2025 first rounder. You know, right. maybe maybe Tampa Bay is like, you know, on the edge of the playoffs. Maybe it's looking it's going to be like a 20th overall pick. Well, now they can take that first rounder and go get a rental and then take their own first rounder and go get a rental, right? Exactly. So that could be a a really solid investment in their future. um, That and then, you know, throw. Oh, and and don't forget the the second, third, fourth and fifth that they also have in the previous years Mm -hmm. um, to mess around with as well. So, uh, yeah, great trade for the Preds on on David Boyle's sort of farewell tour. (laughs) That's true. So those are the two big ones in terms of the the number of assets swapping teams but i i even look at the that winnipeg they they gave up nothing for nico niederreiter i thought they did really well in that trade yeah nino niederreiter oh yeah i said nico right yeah, yeah. nino 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 <laughs> i can't even get yeah. i can't even get a four letter first name right how am i gonna do a 25 letter last name <laughs> that, that is fair um and then yeah one other big ish trade today yep yep they big and it's toronto um toronto yeah. making their their splash um trading for jake mccabe sam lafferty and a fifth so basically jake mccabe and sam lafferty um jake mccabe solid defenseman like uh playing top four in chicago which mm-hmm. has a lot of people like oh wow top four in chicago that's you know anyone can be in that uh top four yeah. But has had like analytically wise has been very good. Um, again, who knows how much of that will translate? Um, but to get a seemingly top four defenseman uh, and having to only give up what they give up, they have a conditional twenty twenty five first, mm-hmm. a twenty twenty six second, and then Joey Anderson, Pavel Gogolev. I've <laughs> never heard of them before. Um, <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's... two conditional, two conditional picks uh, in return, and you're giving up a first for McCabe and Lafferty. 
Um, I don't know much on Lafferty. Yeah, while you're looking that up, I just see that. uh, And then Chicago retained 50% of McCabe's salary, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Lafferty is uh, 20 points this year as a sort of a a 3C, 3 or 4C. Another nice piece to have, though, uh, in your playoff, like they got two roster roster pieces. Jake McCabe makes $4 million. They're only taking $2 million of that salary. And keep in mind, Jake McCabe is also signed next season as well. Yes. And the season after that. So if the if the Blackhawks are retaining half of that, that means they don't have Jake McCabe at $2 million next year and the year after as well. Right? This is not a pure rental. That is a right. that is a That's, nice a nice that, deal for uh, for them. And Sam Lafferty is also signed through 2023-24 at oh, just wow. 1.15 million. Um yeah. I don't know if that that one wasn't retained. No, that the Lafferty no. one wasn't retained, but like yeah, million, it's uh, yeah, yeah. right because Chicago has to keep a, a retention spot for Patrick Kane, um, so they oh, wouldn't use it on Lafferty. So yeah, wow. it's a a pretty good deal for Toronto. The East is crazy. Really. Yeah. So, and as we just outlined in the past fifty minutes, so New Jersey makes a big trade. Tampa, not the biggest trade, but they 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 get reinforcements. We just talked about Toronto, uh, Boston. Didn't Boston make a trade a couple of days ago before, like for defense, right? Yeah, then they get like I think they got Orlov um oh, like last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what, they got- you know what's funny, Parker? I I, for, I totally forgot that they had him, so I didn't even look at him. I didn't look for him, not that I would have anyways, when when I was at the game on Saturday. I was too busy watching Allmark score. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that deal because that was this week as well. They get yeah. they got Orlov and Hathaway. Um and I think they only gave up like a first or something like that. I don't remember mm-hmm. what it was. Uh Craig Smith a first, a third, and a second. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, and then ha- and then they also gave up a fifth to Minnesota for fifty percent of Orlov's salary. Right. Um, right. 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 Yeah. Uh, so the Bruins get better. Um, you know, I, I I think Jay Fresh tweeted a thing of like the players that have moved conferences in the last couple months. Um, yep. So the East has picked up Timo Meyer, Bo Horvat, Ryan O'Reilly. Vlad Tarasenko, oh, Jake right. McCabe, T- J- Tanner Janot, Sam Lafferty, Nolachari, Tennis Garyanov, Nico Mikola, and now Riley Stillman. Um, and then the other way, the only real players of note, Kenny Dadanov, Sammy Blaze, mm-hmm. and then Zetterlin, Kravtsov, Foot, and Zaitsev. So some big, big names. The East, the East is just gearing up, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a bloodbath. And, and I wonder, you know, one of the I, I was thinking about this earlier. We obviously don't love the wild card playoff system. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, we know that Toronto and Tampa Bay are playing in the first round. We've known that for months. <laughs> However, it also now instantly creates an arms race. Yes. Between Toronto and Tampa Bay. Because now Toronto and Tampa Bay can see what each other are doing and they can know, okay, well, uh, Tampa Bay just went out and picked up Janot. All right, we got to answer because we have to beat them. We cannot afford to lose in the first round again. So right. what are we going to do? Okay, we'll go get McCabe. You know, we'll gear up for all these other things. Um, I, I think that maybe that adds something because you can sort of literally add pieces that you think will be a kryptonite to that specific team, which which might be interesting. Who knows if it works, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, knowing your playoff matchup ahead of time might might have some interesting side effects. And meanwhile, in the West, uh, they're all wink, wink, nudge, looking at each other, saying, "Okay, don't do anything crazy. We'll just kind of see who who comes out of here." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's all just hold on to our assets, and then one of us will make the Stanley Cup final, and we'll have a forty percent chance of winning. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Let's run it. And it's funny you mentioned that because I, I do obviously, yeah. The six of the top seven teams in the league right now are from the East: Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, so on and so forth. But then you know you, you, we've seen Colorado come from ninth or tenth of the West, and w- even without Lanniskog, they're now second in the division in Central mm-hmm. with two games in hand on Dallas. So we, we, both of us have said we think Colorado is going to emerge out of that division despite their bad start. Vegas is, has properly unseated like the Seattle's and the LA's of the world. So maybe a Colorado or Vegas. Like I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm betting for them, but I'm certainly not betting against. Like I, I'm not saying yeah. that new, it's going to be the East in a walk. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Colorado and Vegas both started the season as surprisingly bad. They're yeah. Like, oh, they are not living up to what they're supposed to be, and they have both ended up, you know, right where they belong. Vegas yep. is top of the Pacific. Colorado is two points back of top in the west, uh, top of the Central, 
with two games in hand. Um, you know, they've yeah. won six games in a row. Like they'll be yeah. fine. There you go. Yeah. Colorado's got 16 other last 20 points and then Vegas got uh, 15 other past 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, they are they're rolling. Yep. Wow. So wow. we'll see uh, we'll see where that ends up, but yeah, the East is looking really strong. Really strong, but you know, it's going to be it's going to be really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very excited for the playoffs. Um just because it, like I'm just looking at like what are the series going to be, right? We're probably going to have New Jersey, like Devils and Rangers. Oh yeah, that'll be great. You're probably going to have you're going to have uh, Toronto, Tampa Bay. You're going to have uh, Boston against whoever Wildcard Two is. That could be Pittsburgh, Buffalo, maybe Detroit, maybe yeah. Florida, maybe the Islanders, maybe the Caps. Right? There's a lot of teams sort of in that mush uh, in the in the East, and then. You know, the West is a little less exciting, right? You yeah, have yeah. Colorado and either like Minnesota or Winnipeg, right? Yeah. Uh, you're going to have um, LA and Edmonton, maybe Seattle. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm looking forward to the East. The East is yeah, going to be fun. And all the games part, are earlier. <laughs> that, that's a good. I know you like that. But even when you mentioned those matchups, like nothing you said about the West actually got me excited. <laughs> I know. They're like, I think Minnesota is just a boring name. <laughs> um, like, I don't know the, the, the Eastern team, like, like, you know, I want like Toronto, Tampa Bay is going to oh. be a blast. And then if one of them's facing Boston, like that's going to be great. Um, New Jersey's so fun to watch right now. Carolina doesn't get me too excited, even though they have been fantastic. I don't know why they, they just, I don't know. They don't, they don't do as much for me, but yep. you know, if the Rangers have Tarasenko and Kane, uh, you know, that's suddenly a real hitter in the Metro, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to mm-hmm. go up against Carolina and New Jersey. Um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it is going to be very, very, uh, very, very exciting playoff season in a couple of months. Yeah. And and people in the chat, just as we look to wrap up here, tell us, tell Parker and me, if you think there's a team in the West that could knock off one of these East giant, is it Colorado? Is it Vegas? Is it Edmonton with some good goaltending? Let us know. I, I'd be very curious. Uh, so yeah. if you think any Western team could actually knock off a Boston, a New Jersey, a Cal- uh, Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do Tell our us. bracket again. That'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see who, who emerges this time. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. All right. We got we got two minutes to kill, Clay. We, we've got to, I think, the end of our topics. Have I missed any? I think I've looked at all of the trades that I've had here. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think we've basically hit the end, like just just almost perfect timing. Okay, well, I think you can explain to everyone what we're going to do next week because of our circumstances. That's that's a good way. Okay, I'll do that. Sure. So we we recognize uh, Parker and I. Uh, well, a little peek behind the curtain. Whenever one of us can't make Monday or it's a little bit funky, we uh, we can be flexible and get together on Tuesday or Wednesday. But we find it's not all about the numbers, but it just kind of shortens the week and the numbers aren't as good so all to say next monday parker's out of town i'm going to the canucks game but we want to make it work so it's a late canucks game uh parker at least he's in the pacific time zone so we are going to aim for a 10 30 start so not 10 but 10 30 then i'm going to forego my own show uh, that night which is fine so monday night march the 6th come because we'll talk about that game that night. They're playing Nashville. We will talk about the Leafs game that happened the weekend prior. And then anything and trade that happened, deadline. you got it. You got it. And not just Canucks. If the Canucks do anything minor, we can break down not only Canucks trades, but anything else. So mark your calendars a week from tonight, honoring Monday night. But we're going to start half an hour later. And Parker may have to start a few minutes without me until I until I get, in, uh, get to my office from the arena. But we will make it work because we want to stay on Monday night. Absolutely. We will be there one week today. Yeah. We'll see how good I'm doing, but we'll, uh, we'll pull it off. <laughs> Could be a fun uh, show. 1030, <laughs> yeah. 1030 March 6th. Uh, yeah. Don't miss it. It's uh, it's going to be our trade deadline sort of extravaganza, which will be a, uh, a fun time. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you did miss any part of this show, uh, feel free to rewind back to the beginning uh, or you can find it on your favorite podcast platform. Let us know on the way to work in the morning. If the snow isn't too bad, I think it stopped. Um, oh, good. Uh, or, yeah, you can find it on your favorite podcast platform. Give it a listen. Um, it always helps us out. Um, you can find me at Parker's Pucks on Twitter or on YouTube. Clay at Canuck Clay on both as well. 
Clay, any parting words this evening? Well, thank you, Parker. That, I think we did a pretty good breakdown of what the Canucks have done and what they might do. The other, we highlighted three or four other major trades. Sorry, everyone in the chat, we couldn't get to. We did. We do read your messages either during or after, but we we simply want to get through what we need to get through. But we appreciate you guys being here. And Parker, I'm excited. I, I agree with you. I think I, Luke Shen trade, yes. Anything else is gravy at this point, but I'm still going to be intrigued for sure. Absolutely. All right, folks. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy your trade deadline week. And uh, yeah, we will see you next time.